The scripture reading is taken from Luke 1:39 to 56. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into a hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones, and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Lorraine. Thanks for reading God's Word for us. Well, good morning, my beloved family and friends in Christ. Good morning. And to some of our friends, I know we have friends here visiting with us, um, especially our friends visiting to witness the baptism earlier, a very warm welcome on this cold, rainy morning. I'm delighted that all of us can be here this morning, this third Sunday of Advent, and today, we shall be turning in the Bible to Luke chapter 1 as we continue in the story leading to Jesus' birth. We will be remembering and celebrating Jesus' birth on Christmas Day. And my friends, you are invited to join us on Christmas morning at 9 a.m. as well. But before we start, because we believe that the Bible is God's word to us and the Bible can only be fully understood with God's help, let us pray. Father God, awaken us to your word that we may hear when your Holy Spirit speaks to us through your scripture. Awaken us to our need that we may turn to Jesus when we realize our need for reconciliation with you. Awaken us to the time that we may be ready when your dear Son comes that we may receive him with joy and serve you with pure hearts through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, my friends, one observation about us Singaporeans is that we like to take a holiday off our little island. That's why you can see most of our friends here, some of them are already off holidaying somewhere. And for many of us, a holiday is time for us to take a much-needed break and a time to recharge. 
I was privileged to take a trip with some good friends to Perth, Australia, some two years back. And what we did was we rented a car and spent the week driving around and visiting various places around Perth. And one of the places we visited was this area north of Perth, the Pinnacles. It was a desert area with limestone formations. It had deep blue skies, vast sands, and unusual limestone outcrops. All of this making a breathtaking view for this city boy like me. And this sight prompted me to take up my Bible and to read Psalm 63. Psalm 63. Remembering that this particular psalm was written by David when he was in a hot and dry desert fleeing from Saul. It's a thing that I like to do. Um, and verse 1 tells us, O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I continued reading until verse 7. And verse 7 states, For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. And inspired by the natural landscape, the beautiful natural landscape, and the promise of protection and deliverance from Scripture, I broke out into praise. Okay, no, I, I did not sing because there were others walking around me, but I whispered words of thanksgiving and gratitude as joy overflowed in my heart. I returned from the trip refreshed and encouraged because, my friends, joy is fuel for our faith journey. And my friends, I'm sure you have also experienced the taste of joy perhaps during your own holiday. Some of us experience joy at the awesome view of a crimson sunset over a beautiful blue sea. Some of us at the majestic sight of a mountain range. Others at the taste of exquisite food made with skill from fresh products. This ring of joy, though temporary, perhaps cause you also to respond in praise and thanksgiving to God and refresh and fuel and fortify you for your own life's journey. So the question before us today, my friends, is how then do we cultivate this joy? In what ways can we nurture a lasting joy that continues to dwell in our hearts? And in experiencing this joy, how then do we respond to this joy? So today we'll turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 56. And in these verses, we find a song of praise by Mary. And as we look at these verses, I want us to hear the joy that permeates this passage. This story, this song, tells us because God has kept His promises to His people through His coming eternal King, we have a joyous reason to magnify God's name. And in response, not only are we to joyfully magnify God our Saviour with our words, but we are to also praise Him with our lives. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. In those days, it reminds us that as we read these verses, we need to remember that this is part of a series of connected stories 
that lead to the birth of Jesus. And in the verses before this, in verses 26 to 38, Mary was told by the angel Gabriel that she was going to have a son who will be saviour and king. And this will come by a miraculous virgin conceiving of a baby to Mary. And the sign for Mary that this will happen was that her cousin Elizabeth, long considered barren, was also with child. So we see Mary quickly went to visit Elizabeth in the town in the hill country, hill country of Judah. And in verse 56, the last verse of this section, it tells us, and Mary remained with her, meaning Elizabeth, for about three months and returned to her home. So today's passage, verses 39 to 56, takes place during Mary's visit and stay with her cousin Elizabeth, who was with child with John the Baptist. This extraordinary story takes place in the ordinary ins and outs of everyday life with family. In 2016, swimmer Joseph Schooling won a gold medal in the Olympic Games. From the HDB estate in Marine Parade to the shopping belt in Orchard Road in the city, thousands lined the street to cheer Singapore's first Olympic champion, Joseph Schooling. I'm sure some of us remember that, right? Okay. Schooling waved to the crowd and said thank you as he rode on the red open-top bus in a three-hour-long journey, which took him from Marine Terrace Market in Marine Parade to Singtel Com Centre and finally to Raffles City Shopping Centre. Now imagine with me. Imagine that you are the bus driver of the bus. Okay? You're driving, schooling around, everyone's cheering. And imagine that you started to feel honoured and proud. Imagine that you started mistakenly thinking that the crowds actually have gathered for you. Right? Okay? You puff up your chest, you see the people cheering, you start to feel uh, that you, you deserve it. It's silly, isn't it? Okay? You are not the focus. Rather, it's the person that your bus that you're driving, your bus that you're carrying, uh, your bus that you're driving is carrying, Joseph Schooling, he is the focus of everyone's attention. In verses 40 to 45, we see Elizabeth welcoming her cousin and pronouncing blessings on Mary. But my friends, likewise here, the focus is not on Mary, but rather the blessed child of Mary that Mary now carries in her womb. So let us not mistake that. So Luke 140, and she, meaning Mary, entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there will be a fulfilment of what was spoken to her.
from the Lord. So we're taken in this story to Mary's and Elizabeth's first meeting after they both got pregnant. Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And the first person to respond was the baby John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb. The baby leaped in Elizabeth's womb on hearing Mary's greeting. Even right then, John the Baptist, forerunner to Jesus Christ, was already pointing to Jesus Christ, even as a fetus in his mother's womb. Imagine that. Elizabeth was then filled with the Holy Spirit. And what follows in the song that, uh, in the words that follows, was inspired by the Holy Spirit and revealed to her by God. Elizabeth interpreted her fetus response almost breaking into a song and pronounced blessing on Mary. But my friends, do not mistake the focus of attention. Yes, Mary was blessed. She was blessed for her faith and obedience. Uh, she's a recipient of God's favour. But this is because of the blessed baby Jesus Christ, whom she was carrying in the womb. Elizabeth continues with an exclamation filled with awe and joy that she was visited by the mother of her Lord. Did you get that? Elizabeth, inspired by the Holy Spirit, proclaimed that the unborn baby Jesus in her mother's womb as her Lord. Jesus was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He's God's anointed Saviour King. The one whom Israel was hoping for. Uh, some pregnant friends, um, and they told me that uh, they can feel their baby move and kicking in their womb. Uh, so sometimes when I, I ask them how they are, they tell me, Ollie, you know, the baby just moved and kicked, you know, uh, last night, you know, and it's, it's so active. But, but here we see the Holy Spirit revealed to Elizabeth that her baby's movement was not just the baby kicking and moving, but it was a leaping for joy. The baby John was able to experience joy even before he was born. He was joyful because he was receiving Jesus Christ into their home. Elizabeth ends her song with pronouncing another blessing on Mary. And note the book ends here. Elizabeth's song begins and ends with blessing on Mary. But again, as we read the words, the focus is not so much on Mary. Mary is blessed this second time because of her trust in God's Word. Mary believed that what God had said to her, God will fulfill. And what was it that was spoken to her? To know this, we need to read back and look back to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. What had God promised her there? God had promised that even though she was a virgin who knew no sexual relationship, she would be with child by means of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the son that she will bear will be Lord and Israel's and our eternal Saviour King who will deliver us from our sins. Mary was blessed because of her faith in this good news that the child she was carrying uh, would be our hope of deliverance. Receiving Jesus Christ brings joy. And we just had the privilege to witness the baptism of our, some of our new church family members. We had the joy 
of seeing the video cam capture of the expressions as they gave testimony to their belief in the good news of Jesus Christ. They trusted in Mary's blessed child as their Lord and Saviour. They delighted in the joy of their salvation. And one of them even wrote in their testimony, reproduced in your ministry guide, that the people she met in church had led her to question, just who is this God that these people are so seriously seeking after? What is this gospel that is so good? And my, what is this gospel that is so good that they are rejoicing over? I want to know too. So my non-Christian friends now miss, do you want to know this good gospel too? Do you want to experience this joy that comes from trusting in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? The word gospel means good news. It is the message of forgiveness of sin through the toning work of Jesus Christ. God is good and just. And He created all of us to know Him. But we human beings, we have sinned. It means that we have rejected God and we have gone our own selfish ways. As a result, we deserve God's just punishment. But, however, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, our Lord and Saviour. Our Lord and Saviour. He lived a perfect life, perfectly obedient to God the Father. And some 33 years after His birth, Jesus Christ died on the cross in our place, bearing the punishment due to us for our sins. So that those of us who believe in Jesus Christ and what He has done for us on the cross will be rescued. It is this, it is this God's rescue plan of redemption for those who will trust in His divine Son in order to be reconciled to a just and holy God. It is this that is the good news of the gospel. So my friends, do not hesitate. If it's your desire to trust in Jesus Christ or simply you have more questions and you desire to know more of this good news, you can speak to any of the pastors and elders after the service, will be at the doors or in front. Or if you have come at an invitation to your friend who has been baptized, you can ask him or her more about the good news of Jesus Christ. What about us? The rest of us who believe in Jesus Christ. My Christian friends, we understand that receiving Jesus brings joy. If we understand that, our responsibility we are to carry the name of Jesus to others so that they too might know joy. So together as a church, we are to bear the name of Jesus to our friends, our family, our colleagues, to our neighbours as we tell them about Jesus Christ in evangelism. Our Christmas service this coming 25th December will have an evangelistic emphasis. You can invite your friends so that together as church, we can tell them about the good news that Jesus' birth brings. And we just had our brother Joey share about opportunities for short-term missions trip in, for 2020. As church, we can support cross-cultural proclamation of the gospel by taking part in these trips. You have the details. You know who to contact. You can contact brother Joey. You can contact the missions team. So, my friends, do not hesitate. Okay? Uh, as we receive Jesus, we receive joy. Do this to, for others as well. Bear the name of Jesus so that they too might know the joy of receiving Jesus Christ. So my friends, 
Will you carry Jesus' name to people who have not yet heard of the name of our Lord and Saviour so that they too might have opportunity to receive Christ and know joy? The first two chapters of Luke reads almost like a musical. So I was, I was reading these two chapters preparing for uh, the sermon. It, it felt to me that you know, these four songs and these two chapters, it felt almost like a musical. Okay? The first song here is in verse 46 and following. And, and this song here, Mary's song, is known as the Magnificat. It's Latin for the first word in the starting verse, which is magnify. But why a song of praise? Firstly, it's because Mary's joy overflows into a praise song. Secondly, by having a, a praise song it's like a musical, is to invite readers to participate in Mary's rejoicing. Remember, a musical is a story set to song, and musicals invite you to participate. I wonder how many of us actually can remember when we attended a musical, how many of us actually sing along, perhaps under our breath, when we watch a musical. So Mary's song, likewise, tells a story through song, but also invites us to participate in joyful praise. Luke 1, 46-50 And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked on the humble, humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. We see here, Mary starts by praising and glorifying God. When Mary, Mary magnifies the Lord, he isn't making him bigger. I mean, God is really big and great. Rather, she's increasing the love and joy and worship of her heart until it's more in line to how great God is. Praising completes the joy that she's experiencing. And Mary, by singing this song, and this song being recorded in Scripture, invites us to praise God as well, so that the joy we are experiencing can be complete. And note that... Um, the, the portion there, my, my soul magnifies the Lord, is parallel to my spirit, rejoices in God, my Saviour. It's actually a, a way of writing, a literary device to say the two, same thing in two complementary ways. Mary's soul and spirit, her whole being, magnifies and rejoices in the Lord God, her Saviour. Her joy is overflowing. Mary praises God. And why did Mary praise God? Mary gives four reasons indicated by the three fours and the one end in verses 48 to 50. And note the grounds for praise were personal, arising from God's gracious working in her life. The first reason, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. God has reached down and showed divine grace to a lowly, no-name teenager from a nowhere town in Galilee, named Nazareth. Mary was from humble stock, yet God had shown favour. For behold, from now all generations will call me blessed. Because of the blessed baby Jesus that she has born, many generations to come will praise Mary. 
we see a gospel reversal here where the lowly will be exalted. And this is expanded further in verses 51 to 55. We see again, for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. Our mighty God has done great things for Mary. God has through his Holy Spirit caused a miraculous virgin conception. God has acted powerfully in Mary's life. And Mary will experience the privilege of being the mother of her Lord and Saviour King. So Mary lifts up God's name in worship. And finally, and His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. God shows His mercy to those who trust in Him. This is the way God shows His compassion and forgiveness through the generations. God is faithful to show mercy to anyone who fear and revere Him. God is able to save. And Mary rejoices because of God's saving power. Scripture invites us to participate in Mary's praise song. Participation in praise brings joy. And one way, my friends, in which we can magnify God's name and tell of His saving power is to rehearse our personal conversion story. When we meet our, with fellow believers, ask them how they came to trust in Jesus Christ. And we can tell each other of God's saving power in our own lives. And as we do so, we bring praise to God. We have already seen that in the testimonies by those who were just baptized. I mean, just to hear how they, God has saved them and brought them to, to know Him brings a praise to our lips as we praise God for what He has done for them. Another way is to tell one another of what God has been doing afresh in your life. Perhaps you trusted in God recently in making decisions related to your relationships and God has acted in unusual ways on your behalf. Perhaps you've been praying for years, praying for years for the salvation of a loved one and God has recently answered your prayers. The mother that you've been praying for for 30, 40 years has now trusted in Christ as a Lord and Saviour. Or perhaps you struggle in a particular area in your life, perhaps unforgiveness, and God has recently given you freedom to forgive and has brought reconciliation. My friends, share this story of God, how God has been working in your lives. And as we share this story, we share how, with one another of how God has so powerfully acted and changed our lives. And when we do so, we call for praise for God from one another. Psalm 91, 8, which we read for our call to worship, tells us, O sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvellous things. His right hand and His holy arm has worked salvation for Him. We are to sing as Mary did, praises to God, because God has worked salvation for us. You know, my friends, Christians, we are to be a singing People. Songs and hymns have been associated with the church for much of church history. We sing to magnify God for our salvation. We also sing to draw forth joy as our praises complete our joy in Jesus. So my friends, as we gather as church, participate in, gospel, in corporate singing. Sing the gospel. Praise God. You know, I was so encouraged when I was standing next to Hewlett because we had another voice singing loudly beside me, praising God. Because our singing is not just between us 
and God. We sing to encourage one another with words in songs to praise God's saving power. And by doing so, we cultivate joy. Finally, when we make a contract, we actually make an agreement to keep to what we say we will do as stated in the contract. Failure to keep our word as promised in the contract can often lead to legal actions and often invokes a penalty for the party breaching the contract. So many businesses make, contract, make contracts as a mean of ensuring that the respective party keeps to their end of their promises. In the Old Testament, we see God making promises to His people. However, our God is also a promise-keeping God who will not break His word. And we see how in the anticipated birth of Jesus Christ, God keeps His promises to reverse the curse of the fall and to redeem His people. And we see this when Mary sings of God's faithfulness to His promises to His people in the second half of her song. Luke 1, 51. He has shown strength with His arms. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He, meaning God, has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. We see Mary moving from God's power working personally in her life to a larger perspective of how God worked for the sake of His people. He has shown strength with His arm. This alludes to the Exodus event where God, by the strength of His arm, rescued His people Israel out of slavery from, uh, in Egypt. You see, Mary, in her song, she's tugging on themes to remind her listeners of Israel's redemptive history, of how God has always worked to rescue His people. And in the second half of, uh, in, the second half, in verse, uh, of, of verse 51 to verse 53, we see a reversal. We, the thoughts of the hearts of the proud are scattered. The mighty are brought down from their thrones. The rich are sent away empty. And in contrast, the humble are exalted. And the hungry, God has filled with good things. There is a gospel reversal at work here. The poor, the outcasts, and those desperately in need are brought up. The rich, the religious, proud, and the self-sufficient, arrogant people are brought low. It's precisely because those who are poor in spirit, they recognize their need for the good news of Jesus Christ, for the gospel, and they call out to God. And hence, they are helped by God. This is good news for us, my friends. Because if we humbly, honestly examine ourselves, we are among the lowly. We are among those most desperately in need. Think back on your own conversion story. At a point when you first turned to Jesus Christ, you deeply understood your desperate need, state in sin and your need for some other to rescue you because you can't do it on your own. And we call out to God to show mercy. And God will bring up the lowly, the humble, the poor, and outcasts. And He will answer our prayer.
And this is good news for us. And Mary's song ends with verses 54 to, to 55. In these two verses, we hear echoes from the Old Testament. In fact, Mary's entire song draws from a rich reservoir of Old Testament stories. In these last two verses, she's drawing from Genesis chapter 12, 15 and 22. She sings of how God has helped His people Israel, not because they deserve it, but because God remembered mercy. Because God has spoken to Abraham and to the rest of the patriarchs and has made a promise. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God promised, even as early on in Genesis, a reversal of the curse of the fall. He promised land, nation, blessing of Abraham's name, and that in Abraham's offspring, all the families of the earth, everyone shall be blessed. And our God is a promise-making and promise-keeping God because that promise finds its fulfillment in the child of Mary, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.20 tells us, For all the promises of God find their yes in Him, meaning Jesus Christ. And that is why it is through Him that we utter Amen to God for His glory. God has kept all His promises and fulfilled them in Jesus Christ. And that is why we glorify, we magnify, we praise God. And this, my friends, is the gospel that we remember this Advent season. Because God has kept His promises to His people, we have a joyous reason, joyous reason to magnify His name. The good news, this gospel of Jesus Christ cultivates joy. So my friend, store up joy as fuel for your faith journey. Remember and rejoice in the gospel. And this good news not only sustains us for our faith journey, this good news, as we hear it, can't help but evoke a response. And our response, we joyfully magnify God our Saviour in both our words and with our lives. As the musicians make their way up for the song of response, can I invite us to reflect on this question? Musicians, could you come up, please? In what specific ways will I praise the coming King with my lips and my life during this Advent season? Again, in what specific ways would you praise the coming King with your lips and your life this Advent season? Perhaps it means that you have to go to your friend, relative, colleague, and tell them the Gospel. Share with them the joy of your story of how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Perhaps it means that you have to respond by serving others in the church joyfully. In our church, our size, there are many opportunities to love and serve others. And many of the opportunities are listed in the ministry guide. You can speak to the, one of the elders or deacons and we can point you to where you can actually serve in the church. Your joyful service 
will give flesh to the joy that you have in the gospel. Or perhaps as you gather with friends and family from church this Christmas season, share how God has powerfully worked in your life in saving you, in granting you salvation, in delivering and rescuing you, but also share how God is helping you afresh daily. Rehearse the gospel and cultivate joy in both yourself and call forth joy in others. And even as we consider our response, and as the music team prepares to lead us in this song of response, remember that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. May we joyfully give glory to Jesus Christ our King and magnify God's name. Amen.